Got the right record button whenever you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how are you doing, brother? Good, Jeremy. How are you this fine Friday morning? Good. Is it a fine Friday morning where you're at? No, I mean, it's, it's Friday. Yeah. I woke up to minus 19. <clears throat> I thought we were done with this the silliness. Know, that's a good way to start the show because um, Mother Nature here in Tennessee needs to take her medicine. <laughs> She's bipolar. She needs to be medicated. I don't know what's going on. Oh, today we're going to have, you know, four and a half inches of rain. Really? Oh, tomorrow it's going to be 60 degrees. Oh, the next day it's going to be 19. Wow. What? Oh, Tuesday or Monday night we're going to have snow. That's you know, crazy. past Monday night. Tonight we're going to have snow. But it's going to be 50 degrees. What? Yeah, that's crazy, man. Crazy. But maybe it'll just be enough to confuse all these snakes and then they just stay away for a year. There you go. That'd be nice, eh? Yeah, go to Alabama. There's plenty of people to bite down there. Go. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's one thing I'm glad. I, I've said it before even on this show is that I, I don't know if I could handle living where there's snakes, man. I would be so terrified. Like, so terrified. Like, can you, like, say if you're just going for a walk. So Foster and I, we went for a little hike last Saturday. And we literally just walked around our property, uh, made coffee, hot chocolate. It was, it was fun. It was, like, just two hours of just wandering around outside. And say if you do something like that in the summertime, is it, are you constantly on the lookout if you're doing something like that there? Like, can you just casually stroll it in your field without a risk of getting bitten? Yeah. You can, eh? De- you know, it depends. Hmm. Um, last year, I would not have done that at all. This year, I'm going to be more confident doing that. But, um, you know, I have vehicles. I have a side-by-side. Who's going to walk through the meadow? Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hop in that <laughs> thing true. and ride. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Hmm. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Now, I wouldn't go through the woods like where the big, you know, uh, or back by the retention pond or anything like that because not in the middle of the summer. You know. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, you know we don't really have anything that can. I don't think. Well, the only thing we have is badgers, but generally they're not. It's not like a badger's gonna, you know, run out and attack you unless unless you're really pestering it. But it's kind of nice knowing that's like the only thing I ever have to worry about is dogs, like somebody else's dog. Um, there've been a couple times where I've 
had huge dogs walking through the yard and I don't, I, you know, dogs are generally fine. Like, but I have been chased by dogs before, like pretty viciously. And I'm like, yeah, I I just, I don't prefer not to see dogs in my yard. Um, last weekend I saw the biggest coyote I've ever seen in my life and it walked around our house. And, uh, so we've got like, our bathroom has a huge picture window on the one side where the bathtub is. And then on the other side by the shower, there's another regular size window. And I was looking out down there and it was like two feet from our house, these, these prints. And I, I saw these prints. I'm like, what was that? Cause these are big. And I look out and then I go out and I start looking through the woods and it was laying down. This thing was the size of a large wolf. Like it was, I've never seen a coyote this big in my life. And, um, I think now is kind of like their mating season where they start and they can often be a little aggressive right now, but it was, I just yelled at it and it just took off running. But I've never seen a coyote that big and that healthy looking like the coat on it. I should have just shot it. It had a beautiful, beautiful coat. It was amazing. Actually, probably the most majestic coyote I've ever seen (laughs) because it can often be like (laughs) pretty mangy old looking things, you know? Yeah. I'm not a big fan. No, me neither. So I got home. I went yesterday to pick up some liquid nitrogen, and I came back, and there's a little box sitting at the end of our driveway. And it was the, uh, I got the X-Tool F1 laser. So that was kind of cool. You know, it's funny. They asked me if I would uh, want it for an unboxing and review video, and I said, nope, I'm not going to do those, but I will use it in a project. I said, I'll use it in, in a project, you know, knife build or something like that. But I said, I'm not going to do an unboxing. He's like, okay, fine. Yeah, we'll send you one. And he said, can you confirm your address? I was like, yep. And like, no, they didn't tell me they had shipped it. They didn't give me any tracking information. It's like, there's a $2,000 laser just sitting on the outside of our gate. And it says F1 laser on the side of it. I'm like, I wonder how long that would have lasted. You know, <laughs> somebody's going to see them be like, wait a minute. I've heard of that. I know what that is, <laughs> and take it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of cool. It's uh, pretty cool how I think from opening it up to having it cutting, it took me 10 minutes, or having it engrave. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I like the laser pecker software better, even though it's not as stable. Like, sometimes it just shuts off. But there's more adjustability built into their stuff. But I think what I want to do is try hooking up all these things to light burn, which then you can actually control, you know, you can explicitly say, okay, I want this laser to be at this frequency at this power. And that's what you need to do to get like different colored engravings and stuff like that. But so right now it's just with the X tool software, it's just like what material? And that's pretty much it. And then you can adjust a little bit about like how powerful it is, but not that much. So I think I need to, I think I need to hook up the old light burn to those things and get that working. But yeah, they're kind of, kind of interesting. I was looking around, I was like, what could I test engrave? And I'm like, I think I've engraved every single thing I own. (laughs) I need something that's fresh. But. The cat. Yeah. Hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. (laughs) (laughs) 
Look at that's its name, Fufu. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you sedate a cat? <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I want to put his name on it. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun. I think I do think though I'm gonna buy a 3D printer. I think cool. I'm gonna. I might even do it today. I'm. I'm. I don't know. I've been looking around, and there's just so many things you can do with them, and. I don't know. They, they, uh, they. To me, they seem to have fully become a, an actually useful thing in a shop. You know, instead of making stupid little keychains and stuff, I think you can actually. Like, I see people doing stuff, and I'm like, oh man, I've got so many like, you know, just holders for your Makita, or your Milwaukee, or Dewalt tools and batteries. You know, you can just download these files and print off these things, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to do it, Todd. Which one are you getting? I'm looking at the Bamboo Labs P1P. They say that uh, might be overkill, like for a starter. Like a lot of folks say, if you're going to get an entry level, like a just get into printing, you know, look at something the three, four hundred dollar range. But I'm also like, I I don't want to buy one and get into it and be like, okay, now. Now I want to start printing more things. I want faster prints. I want better prints. Now I need to upgrade. I don't like upgrading. If I want to get something. I want to get something. And um, the one thing they say is that with that P2P, it looks like injection molded plastic when you come out. Like you can't see lines when, she's, when it's dialed in right. So I think that might be the one to go, go for. <clears throat> I oh, know there's so many. It's just, it's kind of annoying. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I think I think they'd be handy. I was listening to a podcast. Which one was it? I forget. Uh, I think the Making Our Way podcast, and um, one of the guys, one of the hosts on there, he got a Bamboo Labs for Christmas, or they kind of bought it as like a family gift. And he, he went on to Thingiverse and he just started downloading, like just started finding useful shop things and downloading them and selling them. And he's all, he he's almost got this thing paid off. And he's like, I'm seriously, like I've almost sold enough that we paid for this thing. So I'm, he goes, as soon as I make enough money that this costs, I'm buying a second one so I can print twice as many things. And he said, just like little shop things like those battery holders. He said, just print those off. Those sell like hotcakes, you know. But that's kind of interesting. Not that I necessarily want to get into that, but more than anything, I just feel like that's where the future is. You know, it used to be in a way that, hey, a good handy person can, you know, use a table saw, you know, how to glue wood together, know how to clamp and screw things together. It feels more like, obviously that's that, but another thing that feels like it's just becoming common is being able to 3D design things. And I, I don't... Oh, I am left behind in it. <laughs> I've been left behind, but... I feel like it's just becoming too common. And I want my kids to know how to do that. Like, I want them to be like... I want, okay, you design something, and I want you to 3D print it. Like, you need to know how to do this stuff. I might be wrong, but I kind of feel... Maybe AI is going to come in the next five years, and then we won't need to know how to do that. 
you were thinking about interest in to get a 3D printer. Have you gone any further with that? No, I, there's so many out there. Don't really know um, which one to get, honestly, and you don't don't really know who to trust to, you know, for an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Because everybody on the internet that recommends these things has a stake in it somehow. At least that's the way I think. Yeah. I don't know. What would you use it for? Like, do you have anything? Can you think of specific projects you'd like Uh, it for? Print little stupid little (laughs) keychains. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You know, I was thinking like, I don't know. Have you ever seen those, uh, not really a whole, like a holster that you can mount like underneath your steering wheel in that part of your vehicle? Yeah. I was like, man, I, I guarantee there's print files for specific guns where you can make one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like print a plastic little thing, slide your pistol into her. And I'm like, there's so many. You name it, it it's there. Like, there's some I was looking at uh, Dust Collection and like Blast Gates. And they've got, have you ever seen those rotary Blast Gates? Yeah. Basically, just like a giant ball valve. Yeah. And, yeah, there's guys that have 3D prints of those. And because they print the valve, they just put like a, a support grid in the middle and just unbelievable. And they say that with these prints, that the tolerances are so incredible. And uh, they've got these files and they just bolt them together. And I'm like, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Some of the things people are doing with these 3D printers. There's tons of uh, Milwaukee Packout accessories you can print off too like you know some of the packouts have the aluminum bars down the sides yep they have uh little clamps like two part things that you can bolt onto there and then from there you can do all kinds of stuff you know complete absolute geekery but i like it oh yeah yeah, I went and picked up my car from the church this week. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was nerve-wracking, man. I was <laughs> laughing a little bit. Um, and you're like, oh, that doesn't look so bad. I was like, are you looking at your car or the one next to it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was looking afterwards. It's like there's a like a metal support wall like right in the front. I'm like, Part of it's just broke, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. So I honestly, like, we've been looking at vehicles. Like, obviously, my son Kobe needs a vehicle, and my daughter, she's been saving. She's got, she's been saving her money, and she wants a car so bad. She, she's not old enough to get her license yet, but she's got money for a car, and she wants to spend under four thousand bucks. At first, she said two thousand. I said, no, 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 no. You can't buy anything that's worth. And you know, it's half reliable for under two thousand bucks, and so I said, at least go four. And um, we might go look at a Honda Civic, like a 2008. Um, I might go look at one tomorrow for her, But yeah, and I was like, looking at these vehicles, I'm like, holy smokes, they're so expensive. So I think what I'm going to do with my car, like it runs fine. There was no damage. Like the radiator's fine. Um, the headlight was just obliterated. And so there's even some wires that were like ripped off, severed. I don't know if that was a signal light or running light or whatever but got to get that sorted out but i might actually literally just like (laughs) beat it all back into shape 
because the back of the car it is started to rust fairly bad like it's it's not recoverable and i'm like this thing is you know it's kind of an old beater it's got three hundred and seventy-five thousand kilometers on it i don't know that it's worth i was like oh, i'll go to the the pick and pull and you know maybe get a new fender and i'm like that's not even worth it man so i might literally make this like just a bomber an absolute beater beater mcsweeter <laughs> you know <laughs> The thing is, I don't know why I like that car, man. I like that car. It still runs great. It The heat is fantastic in the winter. You know, it can be minus 20. You let it run for 10 minutes. You get in there, and you can take your gloves off, and it's warm. I don't know what it is. I've got some strong sentimental attachment to that vehicle. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Just going to put a new headlight in her, smash things up, send her back, you know. The only thing I don't know about is that, like, so the RCMP showed up and they did a collision report. But the uh, the semi-truck didn't had zero damage on it, so they didn't file anything. Kobe didn't file any insurance claims. So I don't know if our insurance company knows it was an accident or not. I'm not sure. <clears throat> it's not going to say anything. Yeah, I don't know how it works everywhere. There are some places... Where some of the systems are interconnected, so the, the insurance would know. Because we had a a little uh, scrape the rear quarter panel on a pole, and it, that's literally what it did. It just scraped it. Didn't even go all the way through the clear coat. Uh, but it was a business, so they actually called the police. No. This was in Florida a long time ago, and uh, my insurance called me the next day. Oh, wow. Hey, we heard you had a wreck. No. <laughs> explain what happened. Explain I'm not filing anything. They say, hey, can you send me a photo? Yes, here. And they're like, oh, okay, never mind. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works here either, but. but There's some uh, some jurisdictions that'll, if you have a, like a lien on the car, like you know the bank, mm-hmm. they'll let them know too. Yeah, kind of makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean it's their property. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep. Actually, not even technically. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's literally their property. Yeah. I know it's for people that lease these cars. It's like, this is my car. No, it's not. <laughs> who owns it? The, the value of the car. Who holds the value? Who, who's put the... Oh, yeah, it's inside your car. You don't own it. <laughs> GM owns it. You're renting it from them. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. I found some funny things out. Um about our environment minister, just cars reminded me of this. The federal environment minister, he wanted to, he's trying to push something through that would put a, a timeline as to when you were no longer allowed to buy gasoline vehicles and essentially trying to force Canadians to all drive electric. <laughs> electric doesn't work very good here, man. Like it doesn't. When it's like minus thirty degrees and I've got to drive from Calgary to Edmonton, 
I've got a meeting and then I've got to come back in the afternoon. I can't do that with an electric car. Sorry. Not happening. Also, our grid, by the way, our grid is not set up for everybody to drive electrical. So let's just push these nonsense ideas away. That's what happened. And so then he goes and he's trying to force a, he tried, he put a bill and tried to force it through that would make it not illegal to build new roads, but any new road over 75 kilometers long had to get federal approval. <laughs> like what a clown donkey. Anyways, that got shut down and they went to court and said, this is illegal. You have no legal right. You're out of your both times to do this. And I really like our premier that we have right now is pretty good. Like I, I saw her doing a little press conference. She goes, I don't know where this guy gets off continually trying to overstep his authority. I said, the things he's trying to push through are illegal and we're not intimidated by it. And so even though the court said, no, you're not allowed to do that, he said, well, I strongly suggest you run it past us. He goes, we will build whatever roads we want, and it is none of your business. The province of Alberta has a right to build the roads they want. You can stay out of our business. Just leave us alone. It's just insane. But you know what's also scary? I was thinking, we haven't talked about politics for a while. <clears throat> and Trudeau's pushed through these, it's called the C-11, C-18 bill. And basically, you know, that's why... Meta is not allowed to show any news whatsoever. Zero. Um, Bell Media, which is one of the biggest, you know, media companies, they've laid off 4,000 people. And they've stopped. They used to have like a 12 o'clock news broadcast. They used to have a 6 o'clock news broadcast. Those have both been canceled. So like the, the evening news that, that's on TV, that's gone in Canada. That's terrifying. There's a, there's a show called W5, and it was the longest-running um, investigative like documentary show in North America. It was what inspired 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes was based off W5. That was just canceled. And the reason for that is that Justin Trudeau, every day you turn around, we find out about something, some new scandal that he's done. Like, we, we did this program called an Arrive Can, and so it's like some, it was with the COVID stuff, like, I don't know, something traveling for that. And it was this system that was supposed to be implemented and it took forever. And he said, this is going to be done this time and failed and failed and failed. He ended up giving a contract, a $40 billion contract to a company that had four employees that had never done any IT work and were literally operating in the basement of a house. Forty billion dollars and this this has just come out and like every time you turn around you see these shady deals that our dictator has done and he's just like you know what these people are a little too smart let's just let, let let's just shut down the news let's just say okay you know what you're not allowed to hear about all the things that i've done because this isn't really not working out for me isn't that terrifying yeah it is. like i like it, like it's I don't not know. unexpected, but it is yeah. terrifying. And I don't, you know, people say you don't talk about politics. Like, oh, I don't want to get into politics. But to that, I would say, okay, what area of your life is not affected by politics? You tell me one. Like, politics is wildly important. I, I hate politicians, and there's a certain sense where you, you don't want to get wrapped up in it and stuff, but you need to know what's going on. 
Like, I think if, if every single Canadian knew that Justin Trudeau is trying to completely silence anything bad about him, like completely trolled, control the, the media narrative and have, that's what, that's what Kim Jong-un does, right? Like, that's what dictators do. And the Canadians need to know that. And so I'm like, man, if, if our medias are shut down, then we've got to start using YouTube and stuff like this. Like, I'm not, I'm, I have no intentions of doing that, but I don't know, man. It's ridiculous. I don't know, like, are we literally close to becoming, like, fully communist? Like, no contact to the outside world? I don't know. Like, I would sure hope not. We're still armed. Oh, no, you no, know. no, no, no. It's going to be... They don't want to go fully communist, because, but they're more than socialist. You know, there's more totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Yep. You know, th- th- whatever. Because if, well, about twenty years ago. I read a paper on like this movement towards uh, one world government. Mm, Yep. That uh, old King Chuck is a big fan of. Yep. Well, one of the people who really was. championing this idea well he passed away in the 90s Hmm. uh, very under suspicious circumstances we'll say that he was a a real incredibly rich guy no one knows exactly how rich uh, from Europe an industrialist anyway he's a big fan of it and he said hey look you know we're not necessarily uh, in favor of the same kind of agenda that Hitler was after, but you really got to admire his, um, process. <laughs> I'm like, that's frightening. Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever Nikita Khrushchev outlined how they were going to take over the world back in the sixties. So. Mm. And boy, if it ain't working. Yeah. It's funny, like Trudeau said that he really admires China. <laughs> he said that right. He has to say that. Don't they own <clears throat> a lot of Canada? Yeah, I think like so. they own a lot of America. Mm-hmm. Especially the debt. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we'll lend you some more money. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're going to call our chit now. Pay up, sucker. Why can't we just be like Greece and Germany and couple other countries yeah we voted we're not we don't have any more debt <laughs> yeah <laughs> we identify as a debt-free country <laughs> what yeah yeah we don't did owe you anymore germany did that yes but not on the grandest scale that greece did it yeah i know greece that's just like wow that's nuts well it's funny because germany's the one that bailed greece out of bankruptcy it it's hilarious Hmm. But hey, wait a minute. We didn't think you had money. Uh, none yeah. of your business. 
Yeah. Nothing to see here. Move along. Look, there's a squirrel. It's <laughs> funny. This is some leftover stuff we have. We stole them during World War II. I mean, uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, man. So, you know, I was kind of um, thinking about microphones for podcasting. And I'm I'm still, like last week and this week, I'm on my the original setup with the Shure SM7B and the Rodecaster. And I think I like this setup too much. I think I think going to just like a USB thing straight to my iPad. I'm still like I'm on my iPad right now. <clears throat> and it's nice because the battery life on this iPad is fantastic, you know. But um yeah, no. I was trying to be like, oh, maybe I'll just do that other microphone. But when I kind of listen to them, I'm like, there is still like these these microphones that we have they're pretty good they're almost impossible to beat i think you know yeah so and i've thought about that quite a bit because i'm actually thinking about getting another microphone uh, oh yeah go i want to go up the food chain a little oh, okay on, uh, anyway so i've been thinking about that and i've been putting it off because yeah it'd be awesome it's a, it's a good to think about um having a mobile setup how often do I need to go mobile? I mean, yeah. and, and 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 if it's not that often, is it worth it? If I'm going to be on the road every week, yes, it would be worth it. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may come a time after uh, Benny, we lose Benny, that we'll be on the road for a month or two. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I will get a mobile setup. But, you know, that's not tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah, at least I hope not. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it's more important to me uh, to have a consistent, um, reliable setup. Mm-hmm. If I can just, you know, come down here at eight minutes to, or five minutes to eight, and uh, you know, turn on the Roadcaster Pro, turn on the computer. And pull the microphone towards me, put my headphones on, and bada-bing, bada-boom. Yep. I hear you. And the only uh, crap part of my technological setup here is my me. You know. <laughs> I wouldn't the say that. audio production <clears throat> uh, machine. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's, it's – so you're thinking about upgrading your mic? I, I will keep this one, but I want to get another one just to see. Uh, yeah, but if like it you would have... be better, cleaner, whatever. You know. Yeah. Do you have any in mind that you've been looking at? Oh, I certainly do. Oh, yeah. You're going to ask. So I'm trying to get to the thing really fast. Yeah. Um, it is the Electro Voice. It's Electro hyphen voice re20 it's a broadcast announcer microphone it's what like professional radio people have used for decades oh yes yes that's nice yeah that's not cheap it's not overly expensive either because these things can go you know five times that yeah 
I, yeah. There's a. Actually, it's the same price as what we have. Yeah, it's a. Um, and they've actually, since I've started looking at these about a year ago, they've dropped in price by like forty percent. Oh wow! I think a lot of microphones have, have a couple of colors. Uh, hmm. But anyway, because you remember, like, like the when the pandemic started, everybody started podcasting. Oh yeah, no prices <laughs> for all that equipment went through the roof. Yeah. I just, <laughs> Almost like the free market economy works. Yeah, you'd think Almost. so. Don't say that. That's offensive. <laughs> That's offensive. Um, yeah. But as far as the uh, mobile setup would be, like that mic that I did, that I have, the uh, it's a Rode NT1 Plus. That thing sounds pretty good. And that literally, when I was recording it, it was literally just popped straight into my iPad and then a set of wired headphones that plugs into the side of the microphone itself, which is kind of nice because then you don't have to worry about that. And that's all you have. So that would be a small... And it, I think that microphone acts very similarly to these SM7Bs in that it does a pretty good job at knocking out sounds, like room sounds. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was... It was actually close. I was like, you know what? This might be it. And for my main setup. And then when I listened back, like I took the files and I put them, stacked them, one on top of each other. And I just, there's something about this one I just like a little bit better. But yeah, if I ever had to do a podcast on the road, that's definitely the way I would do it. Because it's, it's just a microphone. You get a small little mic stand and your iPad and you're done, you know? Yeah. Good to go. I mean, if I have to fly, yeah. Yeah. If I'm driving, <clears throat> you know, the setup I'm envisioning uh, with a laptop, mic, headphones, and a the smaller version of the Rodecaster Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool little one there too, hey? I don't know. Yeah. I if tried I using... the uh, MacBook Pro... Yeah, I just use the Roadcaster software on it. I don't know. Yeah, that's an easy way to go too. Um, I was I tried doing like some voice work with uh, my little DJI wireless microphones, and uh, I was like, "What if you could do that?" And it's I don't know. I think like for for doing voiceovers what I'm going to try doing like if you if I have a video where I'm doing some talking to the camera and then there's some voiceover I think it might be worth using the same microphone for the voiceover as I did when I was talking to the camera because then you just get that consistent sound you know I always always notice it if somebody's got a video where they're talking to the camera and then next thing they start to a voiceover and the voiceover sounds so much better than than them talking to the camera but I was, I was like, what if I could use this for podcasting? Because then it's like literally the size of a, I don't know, like a super, like a sunglass case. And you've got two microphones and a receiver. But it just, it picks up too much ambient noise, I think, for podcasting. But soon they'll come out with like the, I don't know, super setup that all just plugs into your phone. <clears throat> you know? We will see. 
Been uh, doing anything out in your shop or anything like that lately? No, I was just in the shop yesterday looking for a half inch to three quarter inch drive adapter, but that's about the only thing I've done inside the shop here lately. Um, it's been another weird week. I had uh, had to take the truck in for the recall on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And to get the passenger door panel looked at because there was a big rattle in it. And, you know, it's under warranty. You do it, monkey. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so that was Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, we bought that piece of property, so we had to go in town to the lawyer's office oh, and then to it. the courthouse. Uh, and then <clears throat> well, congratulations. yesterday I was at uh, uh, a VA doctor evaluation for my left arm. That had a nerve issue with it since 2005. Mm. My ulnar nerve. And uh, it was just, they, they wanted to do another eval to see where I'm at with it. Hmm. And last night I had practice at, yeah, Monday night was our stated meeting. And then last night we had practice. Oh, and yeah. At the Excuse. lodge. And that was pretty awesome for me because uh, the uh, the role I fulfill right now, I'm outside the door during all the cool stuff mm-hmm. that I want to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so our uh, senior warden was had, could not get off work last night so our junior warden was senior warden during the practice so we wouldn't have a junior warden so uh wm was like hey you want to you know start learning this says, yep he didn't even get out of his mouth all the way yes that's funny so that's cool and then we ended it all up with doing a like a round robin uh one guy asked the questions and we took turns answering okay right on that's cool. Yeah, I'm, Today, I'm. I had a, you know, do a podcast, and then uh, I might run back to town. I was going to do it yesterday while I was in town, but uh, I had an a one of those senses of urgency after many cups of coffee that I had to get home. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Whoop 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 whoop. whoop. <laughs> And uh, so I may go back to town and to the equipment rental place and talk to them about renting that mini excavator. Hmm. I mean, cause I need to get it out here. I just, you know, yeah, yeah, putting yeah. it off. Yeah. I hear you. There's a part of me is like, you know, if you rent one for three months, two months, you might as well have just bought one used at an, you know, Ugh. Yeah. So I need to put that behind me. No, you rent one. You only need it for two or three months. And then you don't have the ongoing cost of, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you find out after two months that, yes, I, I do now have a need for an ongoing thing, then you start looking for it. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had that. What was it that I wanted wanted to buy? But I'm like, I don't know if I should. I'm like that with everything. As soon as I have a job to do, it's like, okay, buy it. New tool, need it. <laughs> but what was it? Uh, we were at Home Depot. Steph and I, so Valentine's Day, like the kids in the evening, they have youth, so we couldn't go out for dinner or anything like that. Um, and so, like I, I always every year I get a dozen roses, and so <clears throat> I brought them in, you know, first thing in the morning with the lattes, Happy Valentine's Day, and then I was like, we should just go for breakfast. So we went out for breakfast, and then we needed to pick up some spray paint, so we went to Home Depot, and then with our little renovation things slash whatever you want to call it makeover we're doing in the house we were like looking at things like we want new we need like five new toilets like my parents put these like super ultra low water consuming toilets and they don't flush anything (laughs) and like literally man i don't know how many times we're plunging and i'm like this is stupid we're on a well we don't need to worry about water like just i want i want to flush this crap all the way through the pipes. And so we need to replace a bunch of them. But uh, we were walking by and Steph saw a Milwaukee caulking gun, a cordless battery operated caulking gun. She goes, oh, that's cool. We should get one of those. And I said, I have one. <laughs> and she says, no, you don't. It's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> really? I'm like, oh, yeah, honey. I said, you look on these shelves. You, you point at the tool. I'll, chances are I've got it already. <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't know you had one. I've never seen you use it. Uh, I don't. I don't need one. I just have <laughs> exactly. If you'd watch my YouTube video where I uh, where I put together a sandblast can, I used it extensively. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, even when I was going to pick up the car, um, so I had this car dolly, and there's zero suspension on the dolly whatsoever. And so I aired up the tires to, they were really low. They were like 17, 15 PSI. They're, they're rated for 50, but I thought I'm going to put 30 PSI in there. And I was like, what if it bounces too much? Like what if it just goes down the road and just bouncing all over the place? I was like, maybe that's why it was so low, you know? But then I was like, well, maybe I should just go to Home Depot. I'll, I'll drain these tires. And then I was like, 15 PSI isn't going to be enough once I get the car on there. It's like, I'll swing by Home Depot. I'll buy a Milwaukee tire inflator. <laughs> that way i can fill up the tires after i put the car on it that's how my brain works man i solve every problem with the milwaukee tool (laughs) it's terrible but i enjoy it yeah it's better than a coke habit you know (laughs) well i hope that milwaukee never invents a suture kit because you'll be looking for something to shoot yeah so you can sew it up again that's right check it out i've got the m18 stitchomatic yeah. <laughs> hey, look at this defibrillator they came out with. It's Paco compatible. <laughs> Come hey, here, honey. Henry. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> That's great. Oh, sure glad I have that in my shop. Yeah, I gotta. Sometimes I'll be like looking for something up in the mezzanine and I'll be like, oh, I forgot I had that Milwaukee tool. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Oh, let's think about buying a 
a M18, like a little mini router yesterday. I was like, oh, I got a lot. I have something to router. And then I'm like, well, I actually have two routers that are two Bosch routers that are perfectly functioning. I don't really need to buy another one. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, uh, speaking of buying tools you already have, here's a funny story. Ha ha. Um, I needed a larger set of snap ring pliers do some work on the tractor uh, or the uh, bush hog mm-hmm. so bought a really nice set of uh, Knipex snap ring pliers I didn't know they even made those yes and mm-hmm. guess what I found when I was looking for that uh, half inch to three quarter inch adapter the <laughs> Nice large Knipex set that I had that I didn't forgot I had. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, two is one, one is none, Todd. True. That's that. what they. That's what they say. And speaking of something like that, I uh, I was gonna email this to you. So I did a video about the little a little knife, a little cinder. And when I mentioned, I did it, I talked about the uh, Benchmade bug out and how I like it. And, you know, some people love it, some people hate it. <clears throat> and this guy met in the comment section on the YouTube videos, like, oh, I absolutely love that. He goes, I've got 15 of them. And I'm like, seriously? And uh, he has a couple more that are on loan to somebody. But I'm just going to send you this right now. I said, dude, do you have any social media? He's like, not, no, I'm not on social media anyway. And then, um, and so anyways, he emailed me his bug out collection. And he said he's got a lot of knives, but this is strictly bug outs. I'm just sending it to you now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And he's got one that's getting a custom blade made for it. But can you imagine? That's crazy. You must really love that knife to have four, 15 of them. Hey? I think it's cool. <laughs> Did you get it yet? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm just, I'm speechless. I just... That's cool. Now, I have, you know, more than 15 knives. Maybe not fifteen of the same knife, but Oh, you could uh, have way more than fifteen knives, Todd. I said I might, yeah. I might have, no, you, you probably, know, <laughs> probably I might have fifteen have of my knives. Of 15. <laughs> <laughs> From Do one you know? knife maker, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many knives you have? Oh god no. It's like guns. I'm not counting it. I'm 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 not gonna have that answer in my head. <laughs> But I want to know. We wanted, the audience wants to know. Well, the audience can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> there's an answer. There, you know, there's questions to, answers to questions that just don't need to be out in your head. Um, yeah. yeah. How many guns do you own? Um, <laughs> did you really lose them in a boating accident? How many knives do you own? Are any of them automatic? Uh, you know. That's funny. Do you have automatic guns? Knives, yes. Guns, no. Mm. Yeah, I, I like those out the front knives. Those are so the, cool. Uh, uh, 
there's two fully automatic guns I do want, but uh, because they're, you know, outlawed post-1986, the prices are stupid, you know. <clears throat> they're not worth any more than a regular semi-automatic firearm. Uh, it, and they're only worth that much because they're banned, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, whatever. Hmm. I had somebody at the gun club I was uh, in in Maryland uh, wanted to outlaw automatic firearms in the gun club because no, there's no need for them. Nobody can shoot one. You know, nobody knows how. You they just pray and pray. They go everywhere. Yeah. Want to make a bet? He's like, what? And uh, one of the older members of the club has a probably one of the hardest fully automatic guns to shoot, a Thompson submachine gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, hey, would you mind bringing yours to the range tomorrow? No. I said, I'll bring a bunch of ammo. You. Mr. Mouth, why don't you come out here and I will show you. Um, and he thought he was going to be a smarty pants and he came out and I shot it and um, he went home angry. Probably kicked hmm. his dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's your fault, Todd. Now, are there, uh, you know, yes, they're more difficult to control and shoot than a 22 single shot, but it's all in, you know, you're not going to drive your Honda Civic the same way you drive a Formula One car. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And vice versa, you have to change the way you do something based on what you're doing it with. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. And I've got one of those... Uh, stupid automatic knives that everybody lusts after. Mm-hmm. And they're, again, they're more expensive than they're worth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the sum of their own, the sum of their parts I can charge more for because it's an automatic out the front knife. Yeah. Who, which one do you have? Oh, uh, I can't remember the stupid name. Of the, I can never remember the manufacturer, but it's the one. Uh, Is it mi- Microtech? No. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> you know what I didn't know? I just learned this recently. Is I it, had um, a, the one I got is one of their limited editions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I you love what, it, but. You know, it's illegal to import automatic knives into the U.S. I learned Sorta. that this week. Yeah. It's sort of illegal. Um, there's, oh, no, I was listening to the Knife Perspective podcast. I never really listened to it much, but I listened to it this week. Um, Kyle Bailey's one of the hosts, and then the other guy that hosts it, um, he's kind of funny. He's, he's, he's a different character, but um, they were talking about it, and there's this one, there's a group, I think it's like Knife Rights or something like that, and they're... I guess right now, like they've been challenging bills and challenging bills, and now they're actually outright suing the federal government for a lot of these 
legislation. So one thing they're trying to reverse is the ban on the import of automatic knives. And uh, it's kind of like you say, like there's a certain, it's not easy. And they, they, they set this thing up to prohibit people from importing them. And as a result, most of any automatic knife you buy in a, in a store, like a legit store is made in the U S which I thought was actually cool. And I wondered why I'm like, why are all these knives made in the U S but it's like, Oh, cause they're out the front or maybe it's a, like out the fronts explicitly. I forget the whole thing, but anyways, they're fighting that right now, but that's the same, you know, you take it down a level and you go to Canada where we're a little bit more wussified and it's illegal to import a knife that can be opened with one hand. That's crazy but, talk. Yeah. But you can, you can manufacture them here and sell them here. Like even assisted knives, you're allowed to make them and sell them in Canada, but you can't import them. And so what like Benchmade does is that they just tighten the pivot screw a little bit so that it's not easy to open with just your thumb. And so you have to use both hands. And then as soon as you get it, you just crack it off an eighth of a turn and all of a sudden you got a one-handed opening knife. <laughs> That's so dumb. <clears throat> and it's literally says well, any... Most of those laws are dumb. Yep. Uh, they just are. 100%. <clears throat> I would rather have a, a, hey, you know, I want an automatic knife. Okay. Uh, I want one that's made from quality materials. It's put together like a, you know, well-oiled machine. Um, and it's not going to, like, fly apart when you try to use it. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Instead, they're like, nope, they're. They're illegal. You have to make them in the U.S. only. You have to do this. You have to do that. And then here's what you wind up getting. Um, uh, Law enforcement, military only. I don't know who makes them, but they're branded Smith & Wesson. Uh, Side opening, automatic knife. It's a piece of crap. Hmm. I mean, it is literally... Could not be more Chinesium if it was made in Chinesium, you know. Huh. But, oh, no, it's made in America. Uh, by what? Um, deaf, blind children with no hands and feet? Yeah, yeah. In the, in the bowels of Alabama? I, I don't... Ah. Huh. There's a... Um, what the... There is a automatic knife made by Gerber, I think. And it was only issued to law enforcement or military personnel. Yeah. Emerson Design. I have an automatic, uh, non-serrated Gerber Gator. Okay. It, um, very big and you better know how to you know, familiarize yourself with it um, before you just go trying to fly that thing open. Mm-hmm. It has an incredibly powerful spring. Yeah. But this gun, th- this knife is nothing to play with. And I love the Gerber Gator, but for a pocket knife, it's, it is kind of big. Hmm. Um, I carried one when I was in the military, but I, I carried it on my on a belt pouch. Um but, but I love that knife. I love it. Yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> so yeah, there's this one, this Gerber Emerson Alliance automatic knife. Yep. I'll tell you something off air about it, but um, apparently that was only available to military and law enforcement. Um, but I'm just looking right now on some website. Uh, what is this? SMKW. And you can buy it right now for 235 bucks. Smoky Mountain Knife Works. Oh, you, you bring knives from there? Tennessee. No kidding. You, <laughs> you bought, bought something from there before, have you? I've been there. It's the largest knife store in the world. Really? It's, you can't see every knife in it. It's impossible. Really? Um, it, but, you know, I bet you, you know, 90% of the knives in it are not something you would buy. Um, you know, if, as a knife maker or knife enthusiast. Mm. But, I mean, they had, do have some good ones. And I, that's where I got my little uh, Spyderco uh, man bug. Oh, okay. That's where I found it, discovered it, and bought like three or four of them. Hmm. You know, I, I've never really been a big Spyderco fan. I'm not late- a fan of every Spyderco. In fact, um, there's only three. Only three ever that I would ever buy again. The man bug. Did you just flick it open right there? Yeah. Nice. And That's a cool looking knife. It is. It, you know, it doesn't have that cool uh, bottle opener on it. <laughs> yeah, but now, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I, later today. I will have a picture to send you. Okay. Because you know that that knife you bought that mm-hmm. with the cool little uh, bottle opener on it, they have one that's made of copper, not the knife, yes. but the scales, the the handle, everything. Yeah, the solid copper. I've had a, of quite a few comments on that video saying I've got the copper version. I'm like, what? Someone else will have that later today. Huh? Get <laughs> one, hey? Right on. Uh, you know. Um. Yeah, no, I'd be interested to see how much the weight difference is. It's going to be. I've, I've got the black one coming and the <clears throat> copper. Oh, right on. Because I, I actually wanted to see the difference myself. Hmm. So, what, Todd? You just bought a knife just to see <laughs> the weight difference in another knife you bought? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> it's called science, people. Get That's right. Money. Yeah, it is not frivolous with my money because I'm a knife collector. It's called science. Yeah, and you can't be a science denier. <laughs> that's funny you know when like when we were down in great falls just staring at all these knives i don't know what i've had spider coals in the past but uh you could say they didn't give me the fizz i wasn't just like oh and i've always i've like bench made but then i saw some spider coals i'm like i actually kind of like that you know like i i do think i will have a spider coal purchase in my future I'd like to do it down in Montana when I can actually pick different ones up and hold them. And but um, I think I'm gonna kind of start get back into <clears throat> get collecting knives. Like I was doing it quite a bit when I was uh, like worked at Sandgel, buying, collecting, and trading knives. There's a couple of us guys, and I I traded a K bar for I forget, but I don't know. It's fun, you know. It's fun stuff. When I worked at uh, Interflow, my boss was a big, big knife guy. And uh, he was second in charge. So he's in charge of the entire shop floor. And um, we were sitting in a safety meeting once, and he had a, a butterfly knife, a balisong. And they are illegal, like 100% illegal in Canada. 
and he showed it to me as a bench made. And I don't know how he got his knives or whatever, but he got a lot of knives. And uh, I'm sitting beside him, and he was a really cool guy. He's like big into like dual sport, and he's maybe uh, maybe a year older than I was. And he's flipping this ballast song in the safety meeting. <laughs> And then he cut himself and he <laughs> cut himself good. And he goes, hold this. I got to go. And so he gives me the ballast song. I stick it in my pocket and he runs out of the safety, <laughs> safety meeting, holding his hand. He ended up, I think he ended up getting two stitches on his thumb, but I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know, your boss, the, the guy who could, he was the one who literally made the decision to hire me, uh, flipping a ballet song in the safety meeting and cuts his thumb and needs stitches. <laughs> And then he, he just gives me the knife. Hold this quick. <laughs> that was a fun. That's where I really kind of started nerding out into knives. Actually, that is. That's where I decided to. That's where my knife making all started. Because he got me into knives. And then I was looking at Bark River knives. And I'd buy some Bark River knives. Then I was like, I could make knives similar to this. I'm sure I could. That's where it all started. It was with that boss of mine. I mean, I was always a knife nut, right? Like, as a kid, I always had knives. We had a contest. My cousin and I would be skiing. Who could get the most knives in their fanny pack? And we'd literally be skiing down the hills with about 20 pocket knives. Like, completely useless. Like, why? Doesn't make sense. But I've always loved knives. And then it kind of took a break. And then got back into it. It was fun. But, yeah. They're just so fun, you know? Like, it's the most practical tool on the planet, in my opinion. Just a knife, you know? Yeah. But. <clears throat> yeah, it's they interesting. They have an automatic bug out. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be really cool. I'm looking to make, so we got our Awana, the Pinewood Derby car coming up in like a month and a half and last year i made a swiss army knife right did you ever see that yes i did yeah with all the blades and all that crap and i was like uh there's a certain sense where you want to one-up yourself and i'm like well how can i do that and i think i figured it out i'm gonna well i don't know if i'm gonna if i do make a car i'm gonna make an out the front automatic wooden knife that'd be kind of cool hey yeah, it's actually not that as difficult as I thought it was. Like I've looked so up some. You're u- coming down the the track and you're <laughs> neck and neck with the other guy, and he's just pulling out just ahead. You extend the blade and you win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I wonder if the inertia from shooting the blade out would actually slow you down. Who knows? But then it'd pull you forward again, maybe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like so, John Hines. The weight balance of it, so yeah, my nose it down. Yeah, there's a YouTuber John Heinz. Have you ever seen him? Uh, doesn't sound familiar at all. He's uh, kind of like a Matthias Wandel, um, not quite as big, but still pretty big for. He's in Canada, and uh, pretty good videos. But uh, a couple years ago, he made an out the front knife out of wood, all out of wood, and he used a different mechanism than what I've seen and I've been doing a little research you just type into YouTube out the front knife mechanism and guys will take apart their blades and show you how it works it's kind of interesting but um the one thing I was thinking is that if it would be so easy if I had a 3d printer and I could 3d print most all the mechanism and then just glue the wooden blade to it 
So maybe, maybe that'll happen. I'm not sure. But that would be kind of cool. Like the kids would think that's pretty rad if you like take this car and you flick it and all of a sudden a blade comes out the front, you know. And uh, I'm fully within the confines of the law because it's wood, right? Like it's <laughs> it's a piece of wood that's coming out the front. So it's not a blade in any way, shape or form. It's basically like an out the front spatula. But that's what I'm thinking of doing. Be a little ridiculous, maybe. Yeah. But, if, you know. If I did a YouTube video. fun. Yeah. And if I did a YouTube video on it, I think it would get three views. Just like my last, the last one I did. <laughs> I thought that video was going to do so good. I put a lot of work into it. Put a lot of work into the video. And it's like absolute belly flop nothing happened it's so silly but what do you do have you ever uh heard of the youtube channel zach in the wild yeah he just quit youtube huh. and he like i found his channel like a year and a half so i think he had like fifteen thousand because it's a lot of knife a lot of edc stuff and I don't, like his channel's not that bad. Like, I don't watch everything, but he's been pretty successful. And, uh, and like, even he did a collaboration with Peter McKinnon. I uh, did a video with him, and I was like, you know what? This guy's doing pretty good. And, nope, they just shut it down because it's not sustainable. And that kind of shocked me. It's like, wow, didn't see that coming. I wonder, I mean, has he said why? Yeah, they well, they said when they first started it, they because it's him and another guy, his videographer. So, there's one thing that there's, there's two guys that need to be paid there, and I think that is their main gig. And they said when we decided to jump down this road, we knew that it would might pretty much be impossible to make a living with a knife channel on YouTube just because of the fact that the monetization is so low. But he said, We're going to give it a shot if it works out, it does, if it doesn't, it. He said, and it hasn't. He said, we just, we can't make this work. We can't, this isn't sustainable. You know, we're not making enough money doing this. So we're just going to stop. And I guess they, it sounds to me like they went into it saying, let's try to do this full bore, which I think is kind of silly. I mean, the one thing is if you've got a, if you've got two years worth of savings, that's one way to do it. But growth isn't always uh, fast, right? And you end up spending a lot of money in the beginning while you don't you're while you're very slowly growing and then all of a sudden you're making decent money towards the end but by that point you've already spent everything you have and i don't know and i i heard a i watched a video part of well a podcast but it was on youtube anyway about this very subject about you have a channel that's pretty much doing everything right they're incredibly entertaining. Videos are incredibly well done. And they cannot gain traction. They cannot get growth. Meanwhile, in the same genre, there's just crap channels that are, you know, millions and millions of uh, subscribers and views. And you're like, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I know. What is it? And some people are like, um, there was a, a theory involved, but 
it doesn't always play out if you look at every example, obviously. But it was, you know, it might just be the the demographic of the channel creator. You know, because there are some um, kinds of people other people don't like watching. You know. Yeah. Like, you know. Uh, 10 to 25 year olds probably don't like watching a boomer. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know. No, that's it's true. A, it's their true. theory, not mine. But or like, I, I wouldn't want to watch somebody with blue hair. It's like, and if you've got blue hair, I'm not interested. There's a. It, it, somebody made the comment that I got to be careful how I re- try to repeat this. I'll. I'll do it the best I can. Because um, they added, uh, you know, across the the spectrum of social media, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now look at the most popular, most profitable things out there. And especially if you include TikTok and other short video format platforms, you know, the most profitable things out there, young girls shaking their naughty bits. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. There's, it just don't seem right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it either. And I don't know if anybody does like, there's been so many big YouTubers just stop doing YouTube. And, um, you know, like, so I put that one video on my Jeremy Gertz channel and I'm like, should that have gone on my simple little life channel? You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of started Jeremy Gertz for videos that I wasn't sure about or like videos that I don't care about. It's kind of, eh, whatever. Does, does there a point to this video? Nope. It's literally just kind of documenting what I'm doing. But I like doing that. I find that very enjoyable. That I just like making videos. And I don't care if there's a point to the video. And so then part of me is like, just put anything you want up. Whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yep. Or do you... The, the one thing I can't do is just... Like, I, could, I don't know. Somehow I feel some people want me just to be only knife making. But that just gets so dull. And I, I do like knife making. Like I get excited about it, but I like other stuff, you know what I mean? And I want to share other things that get me interested, get me excited. I don't know. It's such a weird thing. And I haven't done like, I'm like, I feel like my goodness like, so I checked the other day. I've got 683 videos on simple little life. That's a lot of bloody work for how few subscribers I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know why. Like I was just, I'm just here on Social Blade with Zach in the Wild. 124 uploads, is 134,000 subscribers, and he's lost quite a few here the last day or two, last 30 days. But he's got a B grade, you know. Like he's, I guess the fact that there's two of them, it said his estimated monthly earnings are about like probably around three thousand dollars. But I'm also like, man, he only started like September 30th, 2020. He started his channel. I don't know. It's weird. 21 million. 
excuse me, he's got 21 million video views all together. And if I go here, I've got 49 million video views. So, like, he's doing good. For the effort he's put in, he's getting a better yield than I have. If you look at the history, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. You wish there's someone who actually could give you good suggestions. But, I mean, I had that for two years. I paid those people, and they didn't do a damn thing for me. And, I mean, who's going to give you suggestions? Because YouTube doesn't even know how YouTube does what it does. You know? Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. I don't know. But part of me feels like the best thing to do is just do it like I was doing it back in the day. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, I was doing a lot of videos and they weren't, I had smattering of knife stuff. I had other stuff. And, but the thing is, is that I enjoyed it the most then, you know? Yeah. Probably how I should do it. What are your thoughts? I I think that, uh, you should do the kind of videos you like doing. And I also think, though, that you should be far more popular than you are. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Because um, I, I watch a video as much for the person producing the video as it is for the content of the video. Unless I'm just looking up something real quick, like learn how to take the flywheel off a 69 Ford, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... If I'm going to subscribe and I'm going to take the time out of my day to watch, you know, somebody on a regular basis, they themselves need to be interesting, stand alone. Yeah, and then yeah. what they need, what they're doing <clears throat> needs to be somewhat what I'm interested in or could be interested in or have thought about. And I think if you're an incredibly interesting person, it's going to make what you're doing in the video that much more interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will tell you, it's like um, this old Tony videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of his videos are like, really? If you look at it clinically. Mm-hmm. But he is entertaining. He does incredible editing and stuff. And then, yeah, you does. know, when he's actually making a project, it's interesting. Uh, and the way he d- explains certain things is pretty interesting. Um, I like the way he explains it in the regular man kind of voice versus mm-hmm. uh, Joe Pye, who tries to explain things in a voice that just sounds like, well, you're stupid if you don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. I cannot stand Joe Pye. I've never heard of Joe Pye. Ugh. But anyway, hmm. he knows what he's talking about. Don't get me wrong. I will take nothing away from his skill, uh, from his ability to, to communicate that skill, though, is a whole different story. Hmm. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm going to have to look up who this is. Yeah, but uh, You know what's weird, Todd? What? How long... Does do you have a little thing that says how long we've been recording? Yeah, one hour, fifteen minutes, thirty seconds. Oh boy. 
Mine says 59 minutes and 56 seconds. Well, there's a problem. <laughs> oh, no way. Oh, it, oh, yeah, just an hour, one hour just rolled over. Yeah, because I looked at my roadcaster. I'm like, it says we've been for an hour and 15. This says we've not even been an hour. So I hope we didn't lose a chunk of this. Well, one side of this is missing 15 minutes. So, yeah. You know, it says I've been recording for 115 and you've only been recording for an hour. So. Hmm. The other thing I, I noticed has been going on the whole time is that, you know, where it's you, it's got the little circle with the letter T in it. Yeah. And then on, on mine, does it have a J? Yeah. Mine has a little spinning wheel. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that some of this has been recorded. The other thing is I do have it in my roadcaster. And I think we've had a pretty good connection so far. So worst comes to worst, I'll just take it right off my roadcaster. or won't even use a squadcast file. I guess that's why we invest in this equipment, isn't it? Yeah. Right on. Do you record your, your roadcaster too, or you just use it in an interface? Um, I used to record it just in case as like a backup to the backup. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's really necessary, but... Days like today, it might actually come in handy. But anyways, anything else you want to get on, get a go over? No, 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 you know. Yeah. I, I, I just mo- think it's um, uh, crazy. It is crazy to think you can be too incompetent to stand trial but yet competent enough to be president <laughs> and i don't care who you are that's a that's a that's a bullshit political move mm-hmm. i don't care if trump did it biden did it or who did it you know yeah if somebody says oh you're too crazy for us to put on trial. Um, but, oh, yeah, you can stay president. What? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's precious, isn't it? Oh, and by the way, a special counsel under the law cannot make that determination. It wouldn't stand up. Hmm. It takes a, in some jurisdictions, and we're talking federal now, um, at least a panel of psychologists to determine that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lawyer can't just look at it and say, Oh yeah, you're, you're yeah. We're not going to try you cause you know, you're crazy. That's not saying. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy world we live in, you know? So I guess whoever said it, we're not going to be able to prosecute them either cause they're crazy. Yeah. That's right. And feelings, you know, you got to worry about feelings these days. No. How dare you? But. I'll worry about somebody's feelings when I feel them under my boot. <laughs> Are we going to round out the show talking about Roger again? Is that where we're headed? <laughs> yes. I don't know what that brown mushy stuff is I'm stepping in. It must be Roger's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Right on, Walt. I better get cruising, but uh, thanks a lot, Todd. It was great chatting Absolutely. again. Thank I always you, feel sir. like I could 
I could sit here for all day Friday and just chat, you know. Unfortunately, I think we should one time. We should actually. Do you know, a, bring in some sandwiches. Live stream, video podcast, and just talk for six hours. Yeah, like an uh, ultra marathon of podcasting. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. We bring in like a, a thermos, bring in like a plate of sandwiches and like snacks, since we could just, oh, that'd be fantastic. We could pause to do bathroom runs now and then, you know, it's like, we're going to take a quick intermission. But, right on, man. Well, you guys have a great weekend. And uh, thanks to our listeners. We'll catch you next time. Uh, see you guys later. <laughs>